back to the Section K podcast. It's Tuesday, May 7th. On today's show, we bring you an interview with cutting horse trainer Ryan Moore. We talk about the controversy surrounding the disqualification at the Kentucky Derby, and CBL brings us a world standings update. The world standings race is heating up, Colburn. Taryn Rice off to a pretty big lead in the open. Allie Good in a pretty big lead in the non-pro. You got a world standings update for CBL? Yes, sir, I sure do. In the 2000 limited rider, second Aaron V, first Aiden B, 5000 novice non-pro, second, this is a third, Christine King, first dual rider, Catherine Whitby, 5000 novice horse, second PRF, smooth cat Ruby, Monty Button, first, this is a third, Mike Wood, 25,000 novice non-pro, second, stop toying with me, Corey R, first, DMAC wise guy, Mary Bradford, 25,000 novice horse, second, spoon little buckaroo, Tracy Barton, first, Pepto scootin' man, Tim Smith, close race in the 15,000 amateur, second, Larkin McBride, $2,821, first, Aaron Sullivan, $2,891, 35,000 non-pro, second, James Fiegel, first, Gavin Clark, 50,000 amateur, Danica P, first, Corey R. Junior youth, top five. This is the last month for the 2018-2019 deadline of the junior and senior youth standings. Fifth, Will Bouchaw, 49 points. Fourth, Brindley Lippincott, 54 points. Third, Emma Rapp, 76 points. Second, Charles Gann, 103 points. And leading your junior youth world standings currently, first, Lindy Polk with 108 points. Senior youth top five, fifth, Ryan Rapp, 79 points. Fourth, Lexington Slaughter, 92 points. Third, Chaser Crouch, 97 points. Second, Faith Ferris, 100 points. First, in the senior youth world standings currently, Christina Huntley, 116 points. Non-pro top five. Fifth, Holly Munch, 13,300. Fourth, Jill Roth, 14,400. Third, Elizabeth Quirk, 16,800. Second, Mary Jo Milner, 18,800. And first, in your non-pro World standings currently, Allie Good, 36,300. Open top five. Fifth, something to believe in, Brett McLaughlin, 12,600. Fourth, one time at night, Mike Wood, 13,000. Third, too smart a cat, Tim Smith, 17,000. Second in your open world standings currently, Fancy Ray and Chris Hansen, 23,500. And leading your open world standings currently, CR got you covered and Taryn Rice with 30. 7,300. Yeah, the world race has been heating up, CBL. Good job, man. That was sweet. I know Taryn yes, I know Taryn did well out in Sweetwater this weekend. I was driving back from Midland. Saw they saw their rig coming down I-20 after a nice three days of cash and checks in Sweetwater at the Nolan County Coliseum. So shout out Taryn Rice, Evan Moffitt, Garrett Hampton, and most importantly, Mrs. Katie Rice out there grinding on the road. So I know Chris Hansen's crew has been going at it hard, too. The youth should be really fun at the Derby, the World Finals. There is a very cr close race in both the junior and senior youth, and it's going to come down to the World Finals, it looks like, for a lot of the placing in it. Yeah, I'm pumped about the Derby. The Between the scholarship cutting and between the Youth World Finals, the cutting during the youth is great. Some Long of my greatest memories. Youth. Yeah, exactly. That's how I met you, CBL. During yes, the sir. during the Fort Worth cutting, yeah, I know the Bouchaws, Emma Rapp, Charles Cody Gann. I love watching all those little junior youth kids show for sure. 
always in no the senior fear. youth. Yeah, they'll crack out some big ones in the senior youth. You know that for a fact. Yes, sir. Hey, CBL, did you catch the Kentucky Derby on Saturday? There was quite a controversy with the disqualification of maximum security. Pretty crazy to see the first DQ in 145 years. I didn't catch the race live, but it, I saw it on replay, and it was a hell of a race. It was a shame that it, it had to come down to a ruling like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it's that whole deal was really crazy. That horse, max, maximum security, I mean, that horse run ran an unbelievable race. And, you know, I mean, on social media, there's been, I mean, really everybody's kind of on maximum security side on it. And for some of the reasons that, that people are saying, I agree with. And some of the reasons, I mean, I'm kind of up in the air on because I, I think, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me on it is what's the main reason that they have to run in that rain? And, and, and everybody in the, in the cutting world knows how important the ground is for your horses. And I can't imagine that the running on sloppy mess for a racehorse is any better than a cutting horse i know the, the the dirt there's more dirt for a cutting horse but the reason why they have to run in that race is because of all the money on the line with the tv deal and and then for for a horse to get penalized because in a in a, in a race that the dirt is it's mud yeah and slop. It, <clears throat> And for the horse to get penalized because uh, you don't know for sure if the reason the horse jumped out was because of the crowd. I mean, that that right there I don't really agree with because, I mean, in the world finals or in the in the fraternity finals, if your, ho your horse is a three-year-old and if it ain't ready for the crowd, you don't get – you don't get any uh, – uh, Leeway. Extra cr – yeah, yeah, you don't – so I don't really agree with that part of it, but, I mean – that that horse was in the lead for a reason in in that mess, and it's just disappointing because it that horse broke out in front of everybody on that last stretch, and it was it was it was pretty disappointing to see uh, that happen. Yeah, it's wild that that's really the only sport when it comes to horses that they just throw out all the all the elements, and regardless of how the weather is or how the track is, they're going to run that race and. It's kind of funny. I mean, every year it seems like in Kentucky it's raining and the track's yeah. muddy. And it's like, I mean, every every year I can remember tuning in. It's muddy and sloppy. But, yeah, I mean, everyone well, can be upset about maximum security not winning and, and getting DQ'd. But, I mean, Omaha Beach was the clear favorite going into the week. He got scratched with a breathing problem before the week. So I don't think anybody really knows who the best horse is. That's why they run three races, just like we have three big-time cuttings at Fort Worth. They're going to figure out who the fastest and who the best horse is at some point. Yeah. Well, and, and just to add a little bit to that is, I mean, for them to race on that, that day exactly is important because they have a multi-million dollar contract with NBC to have that aired. And they, I mean, they have, it's, you can't postpone and change it to a different day for the, the, for it to change and be on NBC again. I mean, it has to be that day and they have to run in it. And it's kind of, I don't know, for me, it's kind of, it stinks really because you don't, you're not always going to get the best race because of the, the, the ground. Yeah. No, it was a heck of a race and I had some bets going. I bet on win, win, win and cutting humor. Cutting humor was in it for quite some time till it came down to the stretch and he pretty much got sucked up by, by country house, code of honor, tacticus, improbable. 
game winner and all those guys that finished in the top five. But it was exciting. My dad did a bunch of research. I got all those all those horses at plus 2,000. So there was quite a return on that bet. So it would have been cool if one of those hit. I know Vegas lost like $9 million yeah, after, that's crazy. <laughs> after the DQ there. I also saw a cool story on ESPN. There was a guy that had Country House and I guess was like halfway home before he had realized that that the bet was was good and he needed to turn around and cash the the check or the ticket I guess crazy. for 150 grand so no t- I'm not sure exactly how much he had to put down to to get wh- that return but it's wild wild that that much money gets exchanged hands uh, throughout the Kentucky Derby when it comes to betting the the triple crown events in horse racing it, it doesn't matter whichever one it is that that final stretch every single time I watch it I get chills. Yeah. Every time. Well, and it's that the, announcer. One of the most amazing. Yeah, he's very good too. But it's one of the the most amazing things in sports, yep. in in all sports, in my opinion. Yep. I think the next leg is while we're at the BI, so yes, it'll sir. be fun to head over to the little horse racing bar across the parking lot from the Ford Center, a uh, little expo deal that we're at during the BI, which is starting up on Saturday. CBL. I'm pretty pumped about heading to Tulsa for an extended period of time this year. Tulsa BI, it's always a good time. Everybody comes and packs in, as we've previously discussed on this show. Um, five six open, four year old opens getting started. I guess no, the five six open is all that gets started at the beginning. It's unlike most of the aged events where they do the four year old at the at the end, most like all the other triple crown events. So I know the scores CBL isn't it crazy? Every year it seems like it takes a pair of really big scores to make it back in the open. So it'll be exciting yeah. to watch all that throughout the entire show. It, it seems like every single year the BI is the toughest show. I don't know why, really. Uh, I don't go there enough, uh, but I, I mean, just following the scores every year. It, it, and, you know, there's everybody. The BI is one of the most popular shows in cutting because of how well it's run. And I think that probably has something to do with it. A lot of people come and it's the best horses going, too. But, it, I mean, it's always a great show at the BI. Every time I've been, it, it's it's been fun. Yeah, good cattle. It's a good arena, good place to ride your three-year-olds. I know Spud was telling me last year in the four-year-old, he had a 438, a pair of 19s, and did not make it back. So it'll, it'll be exciting to watch when the four-year-old That is comes tough, around. everybody. Yeah, that is, that's rank, especially with four-year-olds, man. I mean, we're not really too far into the year, and we're already weeding out a majority of the field if you can't mark – to 19s consecutively so it'll be fun to see i'm pretty pumped to head on to tulsa so we look forward to seeing everybody in tulsa for the breeders invitational over the next three weeks i believe so we look forward to seeing everybody there this interview is brought to you by dennis moreland tack tack handcrafted by cowboys for cowboys for 43 years and counting since 1976 dennis has built high quality tack for training working and showing Get the best. Get your tack at Dennis Moreland Tack. Visit www.dmtack.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by a man who has made the finals of aged events all over the nation. Most recently, he was a finalist of the 2018 NCHA Open Faturity, as well as the 2018 Limited Open Faturity. He hails from Birch Tree, Missouri, Mr. Ryan Moore. Ryan, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, not a lot, bud. Good to be here. Welcome yeah. to the Section K podcast. Thanks Welcome, for taking Ryan. some time and coming over. Well, thank you very much. I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing, and uh, good to be here. Yes, sir. How did you get into cutting? 
Ryan? How I got into cutting. Well, my family, we, uh, we've been in the horse business our whole life. I, I uh, grew up in a cell barn selling horses, and my dad um, trained horses for the track. If, if it had four legs and a tail, we would ride it. Uh, <laughs> if it bucked, whatever, you know, I mean. It you was, got to if, ride it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I got to ride it. And I got old enough, I have a little brother. He got to, uh, he kind of got the hand-me-downs after that. But, uh, but no, man, just. Uh, what all went into the, the racetrack? What all did y'all have to do you know, getting the horses ready for that? You know, that was the, that was the easiest thing, like, for the, for the racetrack. They didn't want them to bend their head. They didn't want them to stop. They wanted them to go straight, not buck you off, and you could pull back and get them to stop, you know. But they just wanted them where, where a jockey could get on them and and get them loping and breeze them, you know. And that's kind of what we did, you uh-huh. know, get them going to that point. There was no reining training or cut, you know. I mean, yeah. it was just the basic, just not get your tail bucked off. You that's know? interesting. Yeah. So what went into the transition of not pulling their heads around and not worrying about them stopping and well, they, getting into the cutting? It's kind of kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum there yeah well like the racehorses you know they want to they want them running up against that bit and and they don't want to handle on them you know like like we do but you no know, my dad he's he we started a lot of them and then uh you know we'd have 20 or 30 horses like that around there but then we had a ton of trading horses you know that 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 we would get ready and sell every month you know so uh that's my that's my um intro into horses i just i was born with them and then i i had started some horses for a guy who lived around us and didn't know it at the time just just get them started and they went on to go with alan and uh alan crouch and i think some went to went to winston and i didn't even know that at the time i didn't even know who they were at the time but uh, the horse community is a small one that's for sure yeah but getting into into cutting though a story the guy who owns the horse i made the fraternity finals on pepsi boone jerry I seen him one day and he said, Hey, you need, you need to go work for a cutting horse trainer. And, uh, I really didn't know a whole lot of them. And, uh, he said, Dirk Blakesley was looking for a two year old man. And, uh, I needed to call Stanley Bell and, uh, and get his number. Well, I called Stanley and he asked if, uh, if I'd come over and ride with him. And I rode one day and he just hired me on the spot and I worked for Mr. Stan for, for six years. So outside of the, the racehorses, what, uh was it you get into rodeo or yeah that's i i grew up um rodeo i i started riding steers when i was five or six years old and the funny thing is that too my dad never he never rode bulls or anything and a funny story i got on a steer and most of the time when a, when you're riding a bull you want to ride the front end and and there's a certain way you ride like we do cutting horses so he puts me on this steer and uh ties me in just a little local rodeo and never been on one at all in my life and he goes now son lean back <laughs> so I lean back and that's the you do not want to do that and I'm in the buck and she's leaned back like a bareback rider and I got rolled up but I started riding steers young and then uh went on to high school rodeo um I won the high school the state champion deal there uh in the high school rodeo made the high school riding finals bulls. yes sir yep made the high school finals every year the national high school finals um Went on to qualify for the Great Lake Circuit in a pro rodeo. Um, rode a bunch of them challenger deals in a PBR. Um, I was kind of down in your country, even Odessa and, and stuff like that, riding your country. Yeah. Midland, Odessa. Yeah. Four, three, two. So yeah. give, us, give us an idea of what it's like riding a bull. 
Because I have absolutely no idea. Nor do I want to well, know what it's like riding a bull. <laughs> well, at, at, at this stage of, of my life, uh, it ain't no I, I don't even. I don't even have a thought about it. People <laughs> ask me that all the time, like, do you still crave it or anything? I'm like, no. But, you know, like, um, to, be, to be good at that, you have to be all in because that's a dangerous sport. And if there's any doubt and you want to do it for the fun or, or to, try to, to try to show somebody that, you know, uh, you do it because it's a passion. You know, I, I thought about it every night. I wanted to be the best I could at it. Um, but there's a different, a different feel, you know, when you climb on something like that and you tie yourself in. Um, you don't need to be cocky, but you better be confident yeah. in what you're doing because uh, that bull don't care who you are, uh, how old you are. Um, how many gold buckles you have. Exactly, exactly. So the danger's there. So uh, the fear factor was there, and you had to learn how to deal with that fear, you know, overcome that and still do your job, kind of like we do in cutting today, what, you know. What in riding a bull helped you showing a cutting horse or, or training cutting horses, just mentality-wise? Well, necessarily not the training part, but, but showing – um, uh, the first time I showed a horse, I, I went to the herd and I ended up winning the class. Uh, Mr. Stan had let me show a horse and they said, man, were you nervous your first time and stuff? I said, no, uh, being nervous is when you climb over at a, and you're in a PBR in a short round and you're on a rank son of a gun, you know, uh, Bushwhackers. Uh, no, I didn't get, I never get on him, but, uh, <laughs> but that, that right there, you know, uh, but now. At that time in cutting, I was just learning how to show and stuff, and I didn't get nervous. But I was talking earlier when the first time I walked to the herd on uh, the first go around last year in the fraternity, I, on I Pepsi couldn't Boone. on Pepsi Boone. I couldn't I couldn't spit. You know, yeah. my mouth was dry, my feet were shaking in my boots. So, uh, and before I've never really been that nervous, yeah. but uh, but it did help me overcome some nerves and stuff like that. You yeah. know. Something about that building over there across the street that will get the juices flowing, that's for sure. I think we all four. Yes, sir, especially if you if, if you go down there and, and my mentality, I, like anybody, it's always wanting to win, you know. Yes, but sir. when you get when you're when you're mounted on something that you know if you know, if you do your job, it makes you, you a little more nervous. Chance. Yes, sir. And, and yeah. it makes it makes everything tougher just because you know you're on that good horse. And and, and for you and a, a lot of the trainers showing i mean you guys are competing against the most elite riders in the world in the cutting horse industry just show showing a cutting horse and it's a it's a overwhelming nervous feeling to have just knowing that you got to compete against those guys and be so perfect to go in there and show but you know that right there talking about the comparison to to riding bulls you know if if when you go into a short round and you you know that if you do your job it'll be okay but if you make that one mistake you're, it's yep. over well in these open cuttings down here anymore if you you make a mistake a minute it, th mistake for, yeah thanks for coming so because the, these guys you know you got lloyd and austin and um all these guys that that they're not going to make a mistake very much you know yep. and uh so you got to capitalize on every opportunity that you have you mm -hmm. know so so I heard you mention Dirk Blakesley. Um, do you have any other mentors in the sport? Yeah, uh, man. There's so many people that's helped me throughout the throughout my short time in this. Um, I've always go back to the saying that if you see a turtle on a fence post, it didn't get there by itself. Um, nobody gets to where they're at to me by themselves. There's always somebody Amen. there. But mm -hmm. um, uh, Tommy Marvin has helped me tremendously. Um, Michael Cooper. Um, Man, there's, there's just, there's, 
uh, Johnny Mitchell has has helped me and give me words of encouragement. There, I mean, there's so many people. Austin, Big A, um, but there's and Lloyd Cox. I mean, that guy he cuts cows so good. Yeah. I mean, you watch him cut and He's I mean, just by watching him show, it can motivate you to want to be better. Yes, sir. Because it make what Lloyd does makes sense. He does it so easy that it makes sense. The thing that doesn't make sense is he always makes it look easy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So with your background in bull riding and, and a, a totally different sport than cutting, obviously, is there some things that you took from maybe some of your mentors in bull riding that you even incorporate today too? Yes, sir. That's a, that's a good question, bud. Um, you know, in bull riding, like you said a while ago, the, the bulls don't care if you have a gold buckle. Um, and, and so you got to show up and, and, and have confidence in what you do, number one. Because if you're second-guessing yourself and you're crawling over in the buck and shoots – uh, you know, oh man, uh, it probably ain't gonna go very yeah. good. And so, like in your training and 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 stuff, um, you don't need to second guess yourself all the time. You know, you need to kind of have confidence in what you're doing. The thing about just showing is, I don't remember a time ever in my life where, if I was second guessing myself going down to show, I wasn't. I didn't do good that time. Right. Any time I've ever done good, I had my mindset on what I was going down there to do and, and sometimes it just doesn't work too right. it's the same way when you're crawling over your horse to walk down there in the herd for the finals or something like that and you're about to cut three cows and you show think the you're gonna win that got. sucker I mean it, you definitely have to walk down there with the confidence saying you know I got this horse and I'm fixing to show y'all what it what it can do right and it's the same thing with them bulls I think I mean you, you don't tell us but well I mean from what you're saying that's that's I mean that totally makes sense because it's it's a there's just Same. a way, a bigger, or it's way more dangerous. The yeah. the, the the failure part of riding a bull. The yep. consequences are yeah, a little different. There you go. Yes, sir. But to your question about the mentors that I had in bull riding, they they would, I mean, you can't have no backup in you, and there's gonna be ups and downs. But you can't get too up on the ups, and you can't get too down on the downs. And same thing in this sport right here. There's so many ups and downs that. Uh, that man, if you can just keep keep your your emotions and everything the same, because you don't want to get too too emotional when you win or when you lose. Because um, in bull riding, you don't want to do the same thing. You want to keep your emotions in check. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I mean that that kind of goes hand in hand with the with the the cutting and showing and uh, and the bull riding parts. You know, uh, never give up, man. Because you're gonna get knocked down. That bull's gonna buck you off. You're not gonna have a very good run. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hey, it ain't the last time you're going to show a horse, you know. Learn from it and go on, you know. Amen. But keep your head up. I mean, I give myself – I get really mad at myself like everybody does when you do bad. Um, but learn from it and get mad at yourself for a little bit, but then you got to go on and be positive about it. Take something positive. What can I do to get better at that, you know. Um, so I take a lot of that from bull riding into the into the sports, you know. So what would you say is your favorite cutting memory in the show pen? Uh, making the finals. Uh, was a pretty cool deal last year, you know. Um, At the fraternity? Yes, sir. Yes, Talk sir. a little bit about what that was like and kind of what your feelings were after you, your semis run and when you had realized that you had finally made an open fraternity finals. And what it meant to you. Well, it meant it meant a whole lot to me. But, you know, so the whole fraternity, the whole fraternity finals last year, um, the first go-around, I was, I was very nervous in that first go-around. But after I got my horse showed, um, the second go around, I was I was better. But the semifinals and the finals, you know, after I made the finals and I realized it, it was such a, a relief. And I had a I had a uh, 
I honestly, in the finals, I wasn't that nervous. I, I come and cut too aggressive, but uh, I wasn't that nervous. But the first go around, man, I was wound up. Yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, I had I had my hammer cocked, you know. I but. <laughs> so when did you realize that that Pepsi Boone was one that that you f- felt like you could make the finals on or hey, at, good on? Hey, at the end of his two-year-old year, this horse was wanting to do so much on his own. I mean, he would get on his knees and crawl around. Um, he's he was just a different horse, you know. Um, that I've had to start. And who owns that horse? Uh, Jerry Jeffries. What's your favorite cutting memory, like watching somebody or being a spectator? Uh, Watching, there's two runs, and it's the same guy, and we talked about him. Uh, Actually, Lloyd on royalty. Mm-hmm. When he won the fraternity? Or? Yes, sir. That was, a, that was a cool run, I thought. I was sitting almost close to Section K. <laughs> hey, uh, man. Shout over out. there on that side. I really was. Um and uh, that was just a – I mean, it was just smooth, and he was running and dragging his tail. And But another one, too, was Lloyd on Hottish, and I think it was at the Derby. And he was having a run. They could have marked him anything they wanted to, and he loses a cow. And Lloyd's emotions never changed. That's what I remember. He walked out of there. He, he spit, and he walked out. And, and from his emotions from the from when he won the fraternity till on that run right there, I remember both of them. I and I too was in there when that happened. When uh, I, I want to say he missed, uh, he missed a cut on on or on Hottish. I thought he, yeah, yeah, he, so, he, something, something happened, happened there. But but he, but that's something I remember because it was a winning run. I mean, like it was, it was going on, you know. Yeah, and, and, uh, and for for him, the the way he acted, it, it caught it caught my eye too. I I remember that too. Which well, is crazy too, going back to kind of what you said about royalty. You remember where you were on those oh, yeah. runs. I mean, I can remember watching countless runs and remember the exact seat in the row and the section. I mean, Royalty's run. I remember that one because I wasn't in Section K. That's the only finals I've ever watched not from Section K. So I remember watching that beautiful Bay bald face stud walk to the herd, and you're right, hit his dirty little hind end every single time. And that was one of my favorite runs of all time, that's for sure. Or right. where's your favorite place to show? Fort Worth. Yes, sir. At the fraternity, the super stakes, or the derby? Oh, the fraternity for Amen. sure. Amen. <laughs> fraternity. I, I like That's I like time. the young horses. Yes, sir. The buildup is unlike anything well, other you, for that fraternity. Oh, man, you have so much work. Yeah, you, you know, people talk, too, about that, that, that uh, you got two years of training, but you don't understand the breeders neither, that it ain't just the training. It's the – you have the, the mare owners and the stallion owners and, and all that worked up to the fraternity. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot more than just training that goes on, too, for that fraternity. So, it's a – and every That's time, my favorite show. Every time we breed these horses, it's for that moment. Yes, sir. Like you don't breed you breed these horses because you're like, this is going to be a fraternity champion. Right. You don't breed them for any other reason. We so all have I mean, those dreams, right. too. All, and that's just normal human nature. Yeah. But that's what I think I agree with you. You know, it gets forgotten a little bit. Yes, sir. The breeders put time into this, too. And Well, without the breeders, you don't have a fraternity. Mm-hmm. Do you have any favorite meals at shows or – any special places in Fort Worth you like to grab a bite while you're in town? Man, there's so many good places to eat in Fort Worth. I like steaks. I like Mexican food. Um, and everybody tells you these high-dollar places to eat. <laughs> uh, but my favorite place to eat while I'm here in Fort Worth is Raising Cane's. There you go. What a blessing. Do, do they, not, ha- do they ha- not have those in Missouri? No. What? No. Really? They just got them down here, too. So. No. Well, 
it's that it's that sauce. I like going eating steaks, but man, you get me some chicken and and that cane sauce, <laughs> I'd beat my eyebrows off if it got on there. <laughs> That's so. what. <laughs> what is your hobbies away from riding horses, training horses? You know, I don't really have a whole lot of hobbies. Um, I I like to work, and me and my wife, we don't have children or anything, um, and I don't go on vacations. But if I can stop to do something if i'm not riding horses it's deer hunting i love to deer hunt yeah. i'd take off and if i could make money doing that that might be a strong second right there yeah. now, you know i like i love to deer hunt you i love the outdoors hunt or rifle yeah, hunt or both. both i don't get to rifle hunt because uh the fertility the way it falls i have to come but um i do a lot of bow hunting yeah Man, that's cool i did, did not know that about you i've spent a great amount of time deer hunting before i got into the cutting deal and I mean, like you said, rifle season in Texas is right during the futurity and yeah. right when you're getting ready for the, for the futurity. So I never really have gotten been able to deer hunt as much as I'd like to with the cutting going on. So, what time of music is generally playing when you're working horses or driving to a show? Well, everything from George Jones to Little John <laughs> to ACDC. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Uh, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like a little bit of everything. I'm I'm not uh I like the old rock, you know. Uh and I do I at the barn I like to jam. Matter of fact out there at the stalls right now I got a speaker, you know. Yeah. We we listen to music and we have a try to make it fun as it's as a we're long month to. in Fort Worth. I mean I For can't sure. imagine we're you fortunate enough to be from around here and live close by except the exception of Colburn, but going and and taking all these horses and being away from home for as long as you guys are that's just got to be tough so yeah, trying take to take it home with you I mean, yeah you gotta trying to make it fun and and starting the day out with music i think that's a great idea great start to the day here in fort worth for sure so what did you see yourself doing when you were a kid i always always knew i was going to do something in the in the horse uh industry you know me and my brother we roped and 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 stuff younger too and and uh but uh I always thought I'd be a, a professional bull rider. I mean, I was going to rodeo, and um, that was my deal. I mean, I, we, I, like my dad. I mean, he we worked all day long uh, riding horses, but uh, weekends and stuff, he we were dragging ourselves to a rodeo somewhere. And then, then out of out of high school, I, I lived on a road for a while, rodeoing, you know. Uh, but that's kind of what I, I was wanting to be a, a professional. So did you go down the road like with some buddies when you were doing that? Oh, or, oh yeah, yeah. Did for you sure. guys just get like a van or like a car or what anything? You, yeah, man. just anything. Yeah, and if four there's wheels a, in a motor. Yeah, if there's a space in the trunk, man, hey, we 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 got room for you, you know. Hey, uh, so as a as a kid, what what drew you to want to keep riding bulls, or what what made you? Because I mean, it is a it, it's a dangerous sport, and I never have even got the urge once to get on a bull. <laughs> What 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 made you want to keep doing it and kept you interested? And I mean, there's other people out there that say the same thing that they wanted to be a bull rider and all that. Just give us a little better understanding of that. Well, uh, wanting it is the main thing. You have to want it right there. But uh, it was just uh, uh, an adrenaline rush, yeah. man. And, and it's more than just an ad- adrenaline rush, though. But it's a if you're gonna do it, like I said, the danger of it, you gotta you gotta be serious about it. These guys that do it nowadays and the way they're breeding these bulls, um, it's insane, you know. Um, it's a lifestyle. It is, I mean, and you they know, get up and train every morning. You have to, yes, sir, to be competitive. And uh, uh, 
it's just you you, you got to have that desire to to put your life on the line to do something that you love and uh just be a freaking cowboy man yeah <laughs> amen that's what's crazy to me about bull riding is how much it's changed i mean it used to be just like you're saying just a couple cowboys jam-packed in a car or a van going to the rodeo i mean now they're they got i mean they have workout plans and you know, i mean they eat right and i mean they've they've definitely perfected their task to to riding bulls and, and being the best at that and i mean it's insane to watch how that sport's grown well even the the preparation that's gone into cutting has changed so much and than what it used to be i mean it, it everywhere you go everybody wants to get their horse worked one more time before they go to the herd well when you nod your head um on a bull it don't matter if you're at a whatever kind of rodeo or a bull riding or pbr pro rodeo you're at you better be ready mm-hmm. you know um when you start walking to the herd all your training and stuff uh you better be ready you know so Trust i mean your training. you bet you bet so i know you mentioned pepsi boone and making the open fraternity finals this last year was your favorite cutting memory are there any other horses that kind of helped kick start your career or maybe a memorable horse that you remember the first time you worked it and it just made you crave this sport and crave cutting like or, a ho- or, a, or a horse that taught you a lot about sh- showing or riding a cutting horse but man honestly about that I, everyone that that, that kind of wants to cut and has taught me something yeah you know good or bad but i had another uh horse called cataracious um it was the second horse i've trained to come down here for the fraternity and I made the limited deal on him here uh, at the Futurity and uh, won the BI Limited on him. And that was kind of my first. And I was so proud of them moments because I hadn't, at weekend stuff, I'd win a little bit, you know. But to come down here and just kind of get in some of them finals, um, you know, that was a big deal for me. And uh, I, I appreciate the, that horse and uh, uh, the owners and stuff like that at that, at that time. Well, cool. Ryan, thanks so much for taking the time and good luck tomorrow night in the four-year-old limited open finals and uh, we wish you the best of the luck and good luck to your customers and the super stakes here the rest of the way i appreciate it guys thank you so much it's i I like what you guys are doing for for the sport of cutting any anytime you can get out there and reach a different deal like you guys are doing man that's freaking bad and you guys are doing a heck of a job and i appreciate you guys thank Thank you ron thanks Thanks for coming on good luck man Huge thanks to Ryan Moore for stopping by the Section K Cutting Horse Central booth at the Super Stakes. That was a great chat with Ryan. I didn't know Ryan very well. I know, CBL, you were pretty tight with Ryan before that interview, and I look forward to seeing Ryan at the BI and seeing him at some more cuttings in the future. It was cool to hear some stories about him riding racehorses and and getting on bulls. And It was unfortunate that his rodeo career came to an end in that fashion, but it's pretty cool that he's succeeding in the manner that he's succeeding in the NCHA and the cutting world. So once again, huge thanks to Ryan and thanks for stopping by the Section K podcast this week. Hit us up on Facebook, Section K podcast, Instagram at Section K podcast, and be sure to holler at us in our emails, Section K pod at gmail.com. We'll see you down the road, guys. Thanks so much. Adios. One love. See you guys. When I look back on all I've learned Most bridges still stand, yeah, but some lay burn 
Love that was made and the love that was lost It's been worth it despite all the cost Promises were made but most were broken Words I needed always left unspoken Some say scars only heal with time So it seems I've left my glass behind When the road ends though I'll find another way I'll follow that sunset to brighter days So let's raise a glass to our memories Hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it my friend will be gone, gone, gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Cause before you know it my friend will be gone, long, gone, gone, long, gone Loving Lady Luck spinning half day trains So I'll wait and ride till they come back again We'll watch another sunset slowly fade away And save our last words for another day Then we'll all celebrate, yeah, we'll all laugh and dance We'll do it all so nothing's even left to chance As long as there's a drink and a few good friends We'll ride this train until it ends So hop on board, won't you please come along Cause the times we shared are what made this song So let's raise a glass to our memories And hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be gone, long gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be Gone, long gone, gone, long gone So I'll keep on going, I'll keep on trucking You tie me down, I won't stop bucking Gonna keep picking on these six strings One day you'll see what my music brings And I'll thank all the ones who said to never quit And I'll laugh at all the others who gave me shit Regrets, they travel hand in hand with age My remedy's waiting for me up on center stage One day I'll be up there, yeah, in the spotlight Just doing what I love and everything will be alright Everything's gonna be alright Oh, everything will be alright tonight So let's raise a glass to our memories And hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be gone, long gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be gone, long gone Yeah, gone, long gone